0: Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my loves. So I have a few questions for you, questions that no woman wants to be asked, and yet every woman should answer in order to be her happiest, best, most flourishing, alive self. How old are you? How are you treating yourself? Do you look in the mirror with kindness, calling yourself sexy, calling yourself gorgeous? Or are you cruel and mean to yourself? What do you tell yourself about your physical body? What do you tell yourself about your age? If you are like most women, then at least at some point in your life, you've been pretty cruel to yourself about your body. Here we are as women with these incredible bodies that do incredible things. If you have ever hugged someone you loved, if you've ever had an awesome, delicious makeout session, if you've ever had wild, passionate sex and multiple orgasms, if you've ever birthed a child, if you've ever held a child, if you've ever walked or run or biked a triathlon or a race, if you've gone parasailing, if you've gone canoeing, if you've been dancing, Your body does amazing things. In fact, your body is working for you all the time. And how are you treating it? I know that sometimes I don't treat it the way that it deserves. In fact, even calling it it. Today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about you being your most vital, vibrant self. It's about your physical health and what you need to truly thrive To truly be vital and vibrant. As women, we so often rail on our bodies for how they look, but we aren't looking at our true vitality, at our true health, and that is what matters. And so today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast concludes a six-part series in which I've been taking you through the six different major pathways to flourishing, you'll remember, it's called PERMA-V, the P standing for positivity, right? This was all about mindset, about having a growth mindset, about your brain, about positive emotions, about dealing with negative people. The E was for engagement, knowing your strengths, having activities, work, hobbies that put you into a state of flow, mindfulness, meditation. The R for relationships, healthy, thriving relationships that you love. The M, of course, for meaning and purpose, making a contribution, making an impact in the world the A for achievement. And today is all about vitality. Now, if you have been listening to the series, and you are saying in 2019, I want to be my most empowered, my most flourishing self, I am so 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 excited to officially announce to you drum roll, please. That in 2019, beginning January 31st, I am running my next installment of the Empowered program. And this is my signature program. I've done this four times. Empowered is all about you becoming the most empowered woman that you could possibly be. It is for a group of 10 women. So I can only, only, only have 10 women. And I do that so that it's intimate and you receive that coaching from me. Yet it still is large enough that you have sisters who are supporting you. And together we go on a four-month journey, a journey for you to know your strengths, for you to discover what lights you up, for you to discover and uncover your purpose, for you to know your passions, for you to get clear on what are the negative old stories that hold you back, for you to rewrite those stories and for you to take action on those dreams. This program is so incredible. In this program, one year I had a woman write an entire book. She remembered that she, like throughout the program, she realized she wanted to write erotica novels and she wrote an entire first novel in the four months of the program. I've had women who discovered that they wanted to become health coaches and start businesses and they've gone back to school and created workshops for other women. I've had women leave abusive relationships. And I've had women start incredible relationships that have led to the love of their lives. This program is for you if you have been wanting, right? You've been listening to the Purpose Girl podcast, and you know that you need and want that support in order to really flourish. And listen, no shame in getting help. I would not be where I am without having hired mentors along the way who helped me and guided me. So join us if you are interested, if you're even curious then email my team, josh at purposegirl.com, josh at purposegirl.com, and let's hop on the phone for a few minutes and chat about where you are, where you want to be in 2019, and if empowered is for you. So today we are talking all about vitality, and we are going to be talking about a few different key aspects of vitality. We're going to be talking about sex and sensuality, because that is core to a woman feeling her most vibrant, vital self. We're going to be talking about sleep, sleep something that every woman needs a healthy amount of, and yet very few women actually get. We're going to be talking about moving your body. We're going to be talking about why you need calm. We're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about every aspect of your own vitality, of your well-being. So first, let me ask you a question. Fill in the following sentence. A goddess is a woman who, or said another way? A goddess takes care of her body by... Dot, dot, dot. Or if you don't like the word goddess, you could replace it with queen. Or if you don't like the word queen, you can replace it with empowered woman. How does an empowered woman take care of herself? How does a goddess treat her body? How does an empowered woman treat her body? You and I both know that when a woman is empowered, when a woman is alive, we all have seen those women who just, they walk into a room and they're vivacious. They're alive. And we all know that those are women who are taking care of their own needs. So we all know the old airplane analogy where you have to put your own mask on first before helping someone else. And I know it's cliche, but here's the reason why it's so important that we are our most vital, vibrant selves. Because how you are is impacting everybody around you. Research actually shows that our emotions are contagious and our habits are contagious. So however we are treating ourselves, other people are noticing. Now, I was speaking with a woman yesterday who said to me, oh, my kids never hear me say this stuff. I make sure of it. Okay, they don't have to hear you say it. They feel it. We all feel it when someone is kind of just not fully present. We all feel it when someone is not fully alive, when someone's kind of faking it. And we all know when someone doesn't love their body isn't taking care of themselves. We all know it. And even if you don't have kids, how are you showing up if you are not fully loving your body, you're not treating yourself and living in vitality and vibrancy, how are you showing up at work? How are you showing up for yourself? How are you showing up in terms of every evening? I was once working with a woman who said she comes home every night and just she's so exhausted she turns on the Netflix and eats her chicken Parmesan or orders a pizza. Right, and I—that that is no judgment because I certainly have my nights where I do that. Right, this is not a podcast episode about telling you don't eat pizza, don't eat cheesecake. Heck no, I love having that stuff. In fact, the first photo shoot I ever did, I took the photographer to a pizza store so I could be eating a slice of pizza to show women I will never be that coach to tell you not to eat something you love. What I do want us all to do, myself included, is to hold each other accountable for treating ourselves like goddesses. And if we're going to have that slice of pizza, then to enjoy every gooey bit of that cheese, to savor it, to really like enjoy it, not just scarf it down and make it like a gross, you know, you know, when you eat and you feel gross. So thinking about how an empowered woman or how a goddess treats her body. I recently went to a dance workshop with a dear friend of mine, Rachel Oetner, who I definitely must have on the Purpose Girl podcast And we did all this amazing dancing. We danced out our emotions. We danced out our anger. We danced out our grief. We danced out our joy. We danced out confidence. It was incredible. And at the end, she asked us to write a letter to our bodies. And she read us her letter, and it was so beautiful. She apologized to her body for the different ways that she had treated it poorly, whether that was with what she put into her body or the cruel words that she said. And then she thanked her body for allowing her to bear her three beautiful daughters. She thanked her body for allowing her to dance, to hug, to make love, to orgasm, to work, to drum. And as she went through her letter, we all had tears in our eyes. And then she handed us each pieces of paper to write a letter to our own bodies. And I want to read you some of what I wrote. I wrote. Dear body, there is so much I don't know about you. I vow to take the time to learn. I promise to love you fully and wholly. I promise to stop focusing on your gray hairs and when you have a bloated belly. I promise to be kind to you. I know that when I have that bloated belly or I don't feel good, you're just trying to talk to me. You're just trying to tell me what you need. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for working so hard. I am so grateful. I am sorry for any and all the ways that I have been cruel to you. I'm sorry for focusing more sometimes on how you look instead of all of the great things that you do for me to get to enjoy my life. Oh, beautiful body, I love you. I love your curves. I love how you move. I love how sexy you make me feel. I love how you tingle at touch. I love your hair. I love your little cheeks. I love the softness of your skin on my shoulders. I am here body. I am listening. I love you. I am listening. So let me ask you, my love, if you were to write a letter to your body, what would you write? What would you want to apologize for? What would you want to say? Because the truth is that our bodies have been with us since the moment that we were born, and they are always working for us. So when we feel sick, it's actually our body just trying to come into balance because something is off, or it's trying to fight disease, when you feel bloated, your body is trying to tell you, God knows, my body is trying to tell me, hey, you were eating something that doesn't work for me. Or hey, something is going on here. Can you please help me and get it checked out? My body is always trying to talk to me and your body is always trying to talk to you. And what do we do, right? We rail we on it, we rail on it. And so as you think about what you might say to your body, you know, I've heard people talk about and say, your body is a temple. And I like that analogy, but it never 100% sat with me. And then that night, Rachel said, my body is my best friend. And I loved that. It's like thinking of your body as a soul sister. And how would you treat your best friend? How would you treat your soul sister who was always trying to look out for you and always trying to help you? So in thinking about it for myself, you know, a number of years ago, I used to not even think about my own health, right? I'm going to out myself right now. I really only thought about if I was skinny, right? And truth be told, for a long time, I've been thin. So I thought as long as I was thin, then that's all that mattered because that's really how I grew up. My entire family is very focused on weight. So when I was a little girl, I would be in the kitchen with my mom and my aunts with every holiday meal, and they would be like fingers in the turkey or fingers in the stuffing or on the brownies, putting a piece of the food into their mouth while saying, "Ugh, I'm so fat. Ugh, I'm so fat. And so I grew up just knowing better not be fat, right? And that led to a couple of the girls of my generation having eating disorders, understandably, because we all grew up just don't be fat, don't be fat. So for me, I thought as long as I'm thin, it's okay. Well, the truth is, is that it's not okay because I was thin, but I had terrible gas. I mean, I'm talking like a truck driver, okay? And it's so embarrassing. You go on a date or you're sleeping with someone for the first time in a bed. You're like, oh my God, I have horrible gas. Or you're around your friends or you're in a business meeting, right? So I might be thin, but I have had a lot of bloat in my life. I might be thin, but I actually used to regurgitate all my food, not bulimia, but I had an acid issue. I was actually missing a sphincter. Like I had real issues. So I might be thin, but I've had acne. So I had enough reasons to kind of be mean to my own body, right? But I didn't think about my health. And honestly, it's only in the last few years since I've been studying and teaching positive psychology that I've really been thinking about my health. And some of that has been influenced by my fertility journey. I've been honest with you that I've been on this fertility journey for four years and really then needing to start paying attention, wanting to start paying attention to what works and what doesn't. Because what I know is when my body feels good, I feel good. Right? When my body feels good, I feel good. And the question is, what makes my body feel good? What makes your body feel good? What certainly does not make our bodies feel good is a scale. I swear to God, I want to put the scale industry out of business, okay? I think it is ruining women and ruining the way that we feel about ourselves. So I'm a big fan, no scale. In fact, right now, I want you to go to your bathroom, pick up the scale, go to the window. And if there are not people below you, then just throw that thing out the window because it does not belong in any household. Because all that does is get you focused on a number instead of how you feel. All that does is get you focused on a number instead of how sexy are your curves, instead of focusing on how healthy are you, how is your blood pressure, how is your heart rate, how are your muscles feeling? How are your joints? How are you able to walk and to run and to make love and to dance? Because that is the most important thing here. So I want you to think about and ask yourself how you want to feel about your own health, right? If I bumped into you a year from now on the street, how do you want to feel about your own health, about yourself? Because the most important thing here, so many women, right, we're coming up on January 1st of 2019 and how many people are going to set New Year's resolutions that I'm going to get skinny this year, I'm going to lose weight this year, I'm going to go to the gym every day this year. And it's all, unfortunately, mostly BS, probably not going to work. 92% of all New Year's resolutions do not work because it's not about just a number. It's not about the outside. Rather, it's how do you want to feel and why? Why? So I want you to pause and I want you, this is a purpose power tip coming a little bit early. I want you to really think about why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to feel vital and vibrant? Why do you want to flourish? Do you want to be able to start a kick-ass rockin' business and be like traveling all over the world? Do you have plans that, you know, one day you want to spend a month in Europe and you want to be able to walk all around? Do you have a dream of being able to have children or grandchildren and run after them or swing with them or dance with them? Why do you want that health? Because that's going to be the most important thing. I was working with a woman. I am not a health coach or nutrition coach, but we were working on her purpose and her overall happiness and flourishing. And we started to talk about something that she felt terrible about her weight. She had gained a lot of weight, had a couple kids, gained a lot of weight, and she felt terrible about her weight. And she was so focused on her weight. The way that the brain works is that when you say to yourself, I want to lose weight, your brain doesn't even hear the word Lose. Because the left side of your brain takes in words and the right side turns it into pictures. So when she's saying, I just want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, her brain is just thinking weight. So any nutritionist or health coach will tell you that wanting to lose weight or wanting to be thin is not really about that. That gaining weight is not about the weight itself. It's about something emotional that's going on underneath. And you have to start getting clear about what it is that you really want and desire in life and why it is that you might be holding yourself back from that. So as she got into really desiring to feel sexy, really desiring to feel alive, really desiring to start her own blog and her own business, she started to take better care of her health because she knew that her body needed to be in that kind of health in order for her to do all the things that she wanted to do. And she lost 40 pounds, which is incredible. So let's get off of the number and let's start focusing on our health. And the reason that this is also important, I had a client who did the Empowered program a few years ago, and she had lost over 100 pounds. She felt amazing. She felt rocking, right? She was so sexy and alive. But she still then found herself afraid to kind of make changes in terms of purpose. It all has to go together. What she realized is she lost the weight, but she still didn't feel comfortable in her skin. She still was hanging on to old stories. She still wasn't clear on her bigger life desires. And so as we got clear on that, that's what ended up leading her to go back to school and to actually start a side business of helping other people to feel healthy in themselves. She loved teaching people about raw food and about kind of how she did it. And so you have to get into your why. It's so important. So feel into why is vitality and. In- Important to you. What will it help you do? And then we need to look at vitality, not just as losing weight, but a whole picture of your body. So the number one place where we have to start with women and vitality, feeling vibrant, feeling alive, feeling juicy, is actually around having a healthy, gorgeous sense, juicy sense of pleasure, sensuality, sexuality. No, I know it's probably not where you thought we would start. You might have thought we would start with food or exercise but first and foremost you've got to get into your own sense of pleasure the fact is how many women have we've like been deprived of pleasure my mentor regina Thomashower otherwise known as mama gina i heard her talking recently about how women have basically been living on like a starvation diet of like saltine crackers without the salt and with water right like We've been taught, we all grew up in a very masculine world. And this is not man-hating, but we grew up in a masculine world and we all have masculine and feminine in us. And the masculine is all about productivity, do, 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 pragmatic, be logical. It's like very productive and that's great and we all have that in us. The feminine aspect of us is intuition. It's creativity, it's inspiration, it's about being. It's enjoyment. And of course, those two together, when you know they're married internally or externally, either way, is beautiful, right? We need both. But our society has been very masculine heavy. It's been a society of do the logical thing, pragmatic, get all the A's, checkbox, checkbooks, then go to grad school or go to college or go get a job and then marry the right person. And, and you know, it's like this checklist of a pragmatic, logical way. And that's not how women operate. We've been doing it their way and it starves us. And we wonder why so many women are on antidepressants because we're not in our pleasure. And it makes sense that we're not in our pleasure. I mean, the the stories that we have been given around our sensuality and our sexuality as women, on the one hand, women are totally sexualized, right? All of like the beer commercials and things like that. So we're told that we have to dress a certain way. We've got to act a certain way in order for men to like us and love us. And at the same time, if we dress that way, then we're called sluts. Of course, if we say that we don't like sex or we don't want to put out, then we're called prude. We literally can't win. So... We have all these confusing messages about our own sexuality and our own sensuality. At the same time, many people were raised in a religion that told them that masturbating was bad, that you weren't supposed to touch anybody until you were married. And so we have very natural urges because our ancestors, they got married right after their period. I mean, you have your period, you're able to have a child. Think about lifespan used to only be 30 years. So at 13, 14, I mean, this is gross today. But back in the day, if you only lived 30 years, then you were procreating when you were 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. By 30, you were already, you know, elderly. And so our bodies are still designed that way. And so it's normal, it's natural to have sexual urges when we are preteens, when we're teens, and we're told that there's something wrong with us. In fact, it's very normal to masturbate when you're a child. I've shared before, I started masturbating when I was five. I started having sexual fantasies when I was seven, eight, sexual fantasies that I was a dominatrix. I don't know how a seven-year-old knew about dominatrix, but I had this like vision in these fantasies and I loved them. They were like my own little secret that I played out every night in my bedroom. In fact, a friend of mine who's a sex therapist was telling me that a lot of kids masturbate as an anxiety relief. There's so much pressure, so much tension that it helps to relieve some anxiety and it makes perfect sense. And yet we have told these kids, so many of us have been told that there's something wrong with us. Well, the good news is that there is nothing wrong with you. Rather, there's such an important part of you that's dying to be set free. Every woman is sensual. Every woman is a goddess of love. Every woman has Aphrodite in her. Every woman has a primal, raw, natural animal instinct. Every woman has a wild woman inside of her. And every woman has like a mermaid who wants to be playful inside of her. In order for us to live our most vital, vibrant self, we must get in touch with that sensual self. We must allow ourselves the self-pleasure. We must allow ourselves our fantasies. We must allow ourselves the juiciness of looking in the mirror and calling ourselves gorgeous and sexy. Now, I know you might feel like that's super hard if you don't like the look of your body. Well, what I want you to do, this whole podcast is about you getting into the feel of your body and your health. Right? This is why a program like Empowered is so important because we've been told that it's all about a number on a scale or we've been told that it's all about how we look or it's all about something else. But your flourishing, your happiness, your thriving is all about you knowing and loving you. I always say to my Empowered clients and all of my coaching clients, this is about you getting an A++ in you and what lights you up and it makes you feel fulfilled and what makes you happy. And so we want to get into What is vitality to you? And that sex and sensuality is a piece. The other piece then is for you to really be in love with the inside of your body. For you to start thinking about the organs that live inside, right? As women, we're constantly just focused on the outside, our belly or our butt or our cellulite or our age, wrinkles, gray hair, rather than be thinking about the inside, our organs, right? that our organs are working well, that they're pink and fleshy, that they feel good. Now, listen, I have seen women who are sexy in every body shape possible. In fact, I was at a women's event a few months ago, and the leader brought a woman up on stage doing some sensual dancing, and this woman is probably 350 pounds, and she was so sexy. She had such a way of moving her body that we were all turned on. It was amazing. So this is not about that number, right? This is about you loving what's inside and you knowing what's healthy for you. And this is so important because unfortunately, the majority of people are not living in a healthy way. Right, diabetes is on the rise. High blood pressure on the rise. Morbidity, mortality, heart disease rising, depression rising. I mean, these are issues. Our physical health is suffering. And a lot of our physical health is suffering because of obesity. I don't know if you know, but in the last 20 years, 10% more people, 10% more people are obese. And beyond that, 5% more kids today are obese than 20 years ago. This is a really big issue, not because I care about your body shape, but because what often with all that extra weight, what happens is that your your organs are not healthy. What happens is that your heart is having to work too hard. What happens is that then we get diabetes. What happens is that then we're more likely to get colds, to get sick, our immune system is down. Then we're more likely to get all sorts of different ailments. And as a culture, as a society, we have to take a stand for every single person we know, every single child we love, every single woman who is our sister. And by the way, every woman is your sister, for every single person to be their healthiest self. Now, here's the thing. As one of my professors, Chris Peterson, may he rest in peace, used to say, when we know what we know, why do we do what we do? Right? We all know that we're supposed to eat green leafy vegetables. We all know that we're supposed to eat lean protein. We all know that we're supposed to move our body. We all know we're supposed to exercise. Why aren't we doing it? And this is where to be your most vital, vibrant self. It's why I start with your pleasure, right? And for you to be in your most pleasurable self. Which for you should start with like, what brings me pleasure? It doesn't have to be sensual and sexual, but it's got to be what brings you joy? What makes you have fun? What makes you happy? That's why I'm so like honed in on this. And then the second is for you then to feel into your body and for your body to feel good. And do you know what actually makes your body, your organs feel good? This summer, I just was feeling crappy. My belly wasn't feeling good. I was bloated. My gas was all these kinds of things. And I just kept having the picture of like my organs being gray. It was very weird. I felt like I could feel my intestines. So this summer I did a cleanse and in my mind I was like, well, I don't know that I really want to go through that. And It seems like a lot of work and I'm going to be hungry and I don't want to do it, right? But my body felt icky and everything I felt to my body when I got still, when I meditated, my body said, please clean me out. Please clean me out. And so I did it with a health coach. So this is not medical advice telling you to do any cleanse. This is telling you to get the expert advice, right? Always work with a coach in order to get what you want, right? And so I worked with her and she's spiritual and she helped me get into why I wanted it. And after five days of this particular cleanse, then I said, okay, I'm ready to reintroduce different foods. And I felt so much better I did a different kind of cleanse a few years ago. I did a three-week cleanse where it was much more gentle. And then it was just cutting out allergens, like cutting out dairy, cutting out grains, cutting out alcohol, cutting out sugar. And so really, it was just eating vegetables and healthy proteins. And I did it for three weeks. And again, this wasn't about losing weight. It was about, one, cleaning my body of any toxins. And then, two, really then introducing foods to know what works and what doesn't work. And I've learned about gluten. I'm not allergic to it, but I'm gassier when I have a lot of gluten. And listen, when I go to Europe, I ate that gluten. I was just this weekend, I was skiing and I was having the gluten because there wasn't a lot of gluten free. And I was like, that pizza looks good. Those s'mores look good. And I ate it. That's fine. I know the consequences. But to be super conscious and super mindful in order to have your healthiest self, really important that you're getting to know your own body and what works for you. So often what happens is you say, okay, I'm going to make healthy food choices. And then it's 11 o'clock and the donut shows up at work, right? Because someone brings in a box and you're like, oh, forget it. Screw it. I knew I couldn't do it. So I don't have to tell you what to eat. I don't have to tell you any of that. What I would tell you is to really look at if you've been wanting to feel healthy in your body for a long time, why aren't you? Why is it then that at lunch you give up on your kind of food Why is it that the minute someone brings in donuts or there's candy in the house, you go ahead and you eat it? For one of my soul sisters, she knows that it's a protective mechanism, that she grew up being afraid that she would be raped, that she would be abused. And so there was a subconscious creation of this outer layer to keep her safe. And actually that's pretty common with women. Whether for you it's a you're aware that you were afraid of abuse or something else, it's very common for women to add layers of weight. Because you're protecting yourself from something else. For one of my clients, she was told her whole life that she was heavy and that she had to be on a diet. And so she promised herself as a little girl that when I grow up, I am never letting anyone else tell me what I eat. I'm going to eat whatever I want. So when she got older and she really wanted to get healthy, she found herself unable to follow through on the food plan that she wanted. As she and I started doing the work, she said, oh my God, it's because of this underlying commitment, which was a term by Debbie Ford, that even though she had, it seemed on the outside like she had a commitment to losing weight, underneath it, she had a deeper commitment. Her little girl self, her younger self had this deeper commitment to never restrict her food. So it's super important that if you're not following through on the food choices that you want to, to really take a look at what's going on underneath. And then to be super kind and gentle. This is a healing process. Any good health coach will tell you that it's not just about knowing what to eat. It's about what's underneath and loving yourself so much that you start to be kind and compassionate and gentle with yourself and give yourself the love that the little girl needs. Let her heal and then start treating her like you want to write in that letter. The same is true of movement, right, of exercise, of working out. First of all, I hate those words, okay, because after a long day of work, like who the heck wants to work out? Like you're done with work. You want to go home. One of my clients is telling me, I just want to go home and sit and watch my Netflix and have my chicken Parmesan. So for some of you, you might love the words workout because you're maybe more of an A++ personality and you love competition or something, but you love, oh, workout. For some of you, that word is going to turn you off. And I prefer to think of it as moving your body, Right. Our ancestors, we know from Darwin, we are survival of the fittest of the best of the best. And our ancestors from thousands and thousands of years ago, they were a wandering people. Okay, so they were never just stationary. So they would actually walk five to 10 miles a day hunting, gathering, moving the tribe. And so that's how our bodies and our brains have been designed. In fact, our brain best functions in movement. Research shows that when we are moving, we're creating something called BDNF, which is a protein for our brain. It kind of works like miracle Grow works on your lawn, okay? So we need movement. And if you think about how the workplace is designed, where you're sitting in a beige cubicle or in a plain office, or how the classroom is designed and kids are just sitting there like bored listening to a teacher, it's the opposite of how the brain and body was designed to best learn. We know that we actually learn best when we're in constant movement because we are the survival of the fittest of our ancestors. What we actually need is about 10,000 steps a day because that equals five to six miles like our ancestors used to walk. And that's not easy. The average person gets about 2,000, 2,500, right? Because we're not doing as much movement as we need to. And so your body is actually not getting the health benefits and the nutrients it needs just by walking. I'm in a group of girlfriends where we text each other how many steps we had that day, and you can track it on a Fitbit or just on your iPhone. I just do it on my phone. And listen, on a normal day, I'm not doing that well. I'm doing maybe 4,000. However, I've spent a week in New York City, and then every day it was like 10,000 steps, 13,000 steps, 17,000 steps. It is much harder if you're living in kind of suburban life America or anywhere out there to get your steps in. So that's why I also like to add in things like dancing. I try to dance at least once a day. And every woman, I swear, I believe every woman was born for dancing. The way our hips move. In fact, you can look at texts from thousands of years ago, women were always dancing. So body movement and you need to figure out what would be fun for you. For some of you maybe that's rowing, for some of you maybe it's pilates, for some of you maybe it's, you know, doing taekwondo. Allow your body movement. We must have movement in order for our brains to function properly. In fact, there's something at the end of a DNA strand called a telomere, and it works kind of like the end of a shoestring. You know, there's like that plastic piece. And over time, it wears down just like that plastic at the end of a shoestring. However, Movement has been shown to create the telomere strength. In other words, it's going to keep your cells, your DNA, it's going to keep you more vital. We often have this idea that growing older is like, over the hill and that you're kind of on this trajectory of vibrancy until you're like 30 or 40 and then you go over the hill and it's all downhill from there. That's not actually how we're designed. We're designed for it to be more like a plateau where we have vibrancy up until you know 20 and then we're supposed to kind of keep our bodies going and feeling alive and vibrant and movement and eating what feels good to our body and then there's actually supposed to be a speedy decline when we're whether it's 80s or 90s or 100 whatever it might be. So we need to think about our health in this other kind of a way. The last thing I want to review is sleep. Now, most women I know are not getting the sleep that they need, right? In fact, we have, as a culture, become kind of proud of getting very little sleep, right? Like, oh, I only need four hours. I only need five hours. Uh No, we all need eight to nine hours of sleep. Research is super, super, super clear about this because sleep actually helps you to do well in everything else. Sleep helps you be more alert. Sleep helps you perform better than those who sleep less. More sleep helps you to have more energy. It helps you be more resilient. Think about it. It helps you procrastinate less. It helps you make better food choices. It helps you move your body. How good are we to anybody when we're not getting our sleep? And listen, I'm not saying that this is easy. Right. Because you probably have to wake up at six o'clock in order to like get to work or get your kids off on the bus or both. Then you get home from work and you're like taking care of the house. And then, you know, you need a couple of hours by yourself at the end of the night for something fun or relaxing. And then the next thing you know, you're only getting five hours of sleep. However, the research is super clear about this. What we know is that the way that we're doing it does not work. So what I recommend to people is that you actually allow yourself an earlier bedtime. And then you think about the time that you are home and how can you get some help with what needs to be done. Right. I have a dear friend whose kids don't do any chores. Well, so she has to do extra. Why not have them do some of it? And then she can get some extra rest. She can get some extra time for herself. So really be thinking about it, or are there ways to trade? I always think I always have this vision of families on a street kind of sharing dinner and one night one family makes all the lasagna, like six lasagnas for the six people down the street. And the next one makes tacos. And, you know, how can we save ourselves time when you don't sleep? You know, you feel tired. You know, you're exhausted and that makes us react more quickly. It makes us more temperamental. It makes us groggier. It makes us not show up in the way that we want to. And when we have chronic sleep disruption, research shows that it actually is is the single biggest trigger for depression. So insufficient sleep has actually become a public health epidemic and we need to do something about it. And it starts with us. It's so funny, I think about when I was a kid and how I used to like not wanna go to sleep and don't, I wanna stay up. Now I'm like, please let me go to sleep, right? Like I am asleep, do not email me past nine o'clock at night. I go to sleep early. And I need it. I need it because I know the kind of energy I want to bring to you. On the Purpose Girl podcast, I know the kind of energy I want to bring to my speaking. You know, I speak all over the world. Companies like Capital One and Progressive and your company, wherever, will have me. And I want to bring maximum energy. So I need that sleep. And it doesn't mean I sleep perfectly, right? I've been getting up really early lately because my mind has had all sorts of things going on. So you want to be able to have the best sleep you can. And there's a few ways to it. We know research says that your bed should be for sleep and sex only, not for watching TV, not for reading, but you should have a space that's just so haven-like for you. We also know that we need to turn off our electronics about a half hour before we go to bed. And that's because before electricity, everything was dark, right? You went to bed when it was dark. You woke up and it was light. So our bodies aren't designed for this artificial light that keeps us up. And then all the electronics, if you're scrolling through Facebook and it makes you anxious because you're doing some comparison of what other people have and you don't, you're feeling like a loser or you're watching a TV show that's got a lot of high energy and there's, you know, action or there's a lot of sadness, it's not preparing you for that rest. There are a number of different ways for you to get the sleep that you need. And it's so important. As you think about your physical vitality, there are so many aspects allowing yourself a few minutes a day where you take deep breaths or meditate in order to have the benefits of calm because the physical effects of stress are so damaging to your body. The importance of nature. Our bodies were designed to be outside in nature because that's what our early ancestors were. The key of alignment, right? Sitting, they say, is the new smoking because you're hunched over, you're like constricting your organs. We need to be able to have that movement and also when you are sitting or standing your shoulders back your lungs open your heart open getting full air and breath there are so many aspects of vitality and it's so connected to you flourishing to you being your most vibrant vital self and so a few purpose power tips for you number one write a letter to your body tell her You love her. Tell her how you want to take care of her. Thank her for all she does for you. Thank her for kissing. Thank you for hugging. Thank her for dancing, for making love, for running, for skipping, for going on swings. Thank her. Number two, get clear on what vitality means to you and why you want your health. What's your why? Number three, look for any old stories that might be getting in your way. And then number four, do so many of the things that we talked about in this episode Give yourself some time to get to know your pussy. Yes, I said pussy. In fact, read the book, Pussy, if you have not yet. That is my mentor, Regina Tomashower's book. You must run, not walk. You must run to a bookstore or online and get that book. Look at your sleep schedule. Look at foods that feel good to you. Look at your movement. Let's do it together. This is how we uplift each other. And if you want 2019 to be the most vital, vibrant, flourishing year for you, then let's talk about Empowered for You. I am so excited. This is my signature program. Women have found huge success by going through this. I mean, a woman just left her abusive husband from this. Another woman created a a list of 40 things she wanted to do before she was 40, and she did them all because she did Empowered. Another woman started volunteering for an organization she had always wanted to, but wasn't even clear on it until she did the program. Another woman started making jewelry, and another woman started working with wood and furniture, and another woman started painting. I mean, this program is so effective. So let's talk, and you build a sisterhood for life, women who will support you for your life. It's huge. Just email me, karen at karenrockhine.com or josh at purposegirl.com. As always, I hope that you loved this episode. If you did, please download it. Please subscribe to the Purpose Girl Podcast. Please share this episode with all of your friends. Please rate it five stars, review it. I wanna hear from you. And I'm so excited, I have a whole new feature. I wanna hear your actual voice comments. So we've set up a voicemail. And you can go to purposegirl.com forward slash voicemail and you can leave an actual voicemail for me. I want to hear your comments. I want to read them on air the next time I do a Q&A show. I want to hear from you what you love about the Purpose Girl podcast, what else you want me to cover. I want to hear what's going on in your life. I want to hear your voice, people around the world. Let's do this because we are building a sisterhood. We are changing the world one woman at a time. We are in it together. So as always, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.